Welcome to this episode of the Business of Practice podcast, where we focus on the physical, financial, and human sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, we're talking about veterinary ethics with Dr. Ernie Martinez. I'm Kim Brown, your host and the publisher of Equimanagement. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you in 2022 by Care Credit. Martinez, DVM, MBA, graduated from Oklahoma State University's College of Veterinary Medicine in 2003. He completed an ambulatory internship at Haggard Equine Medical Institute and became a field care associate in 2004 and a member of the practice in 2014. His focus includes emergency field medicine, herd health and wellness, neonatal foal care, mare and stallion reproduction, and equine dentistry. He currently oversees Haggard's intern and extern student programs. Thank you, Dr. Martinez, for joining us today to talk about veterinary ethics. Yeah, thanks, Kim. Thank you for having me. It's uh, exciting to be here tonight. I'm glad to talk about ethics. It's a very important topic. You really have a unique perspective for this topic, since not only have you been in practice for more than two decades, but you work with the next generation of equine veterinarians. And we are going to get into that in a minute. But first, why do you think ethics is such an important topic in today's equine veterinary practice? Ethics is very important. It helps us uh, enjoy and appreciate where we work. Um, It helps us uh, feel good about the work that we do. It helps us be a positive and impactful part of our community. Um, And then, you know, people people want to work and be at and be around people that are ethical, uh, have a positive impact, uh, positive energy, um, makes there's less stress, there's less things to worry about. You know, people want to work with, hire, be around people with integrity, integrity and intelligence. You know, and it's an important part of our service relationship with our clients of having that relationship of trust uh, and ethical behavior and ethical practices with our veterinary medicine. And I know that you've been on several business talks during the AP conventions. And I, I, it's, AP has made it a point to really try to focus on ethics because they said in their member survey that was important. So why do you think that ethics is so important in to, to, to veterinarians today? Why does the AP make that a, a point? I think in our in our industry, we can be kind of sometimes put in some difficult situations. And I think our membership has reached out for some education and training on those issues and kind of maybe some talking through those scenarios and what to do and how to handle yourself in the situation so that um, you can remain an ethical practitioner or you can maintain that good standing in the profession and in your community. And so I think our, our memberships reached out um, looking for some guidance, looking for some training, um, kind of learning through different scenarios uh, from practitioners that have been there with uh, maybe a few decades of experience like myself. Um, and so, you know, having the conversation and talking about what to do, you know, talking about what resources are available, um, where to go if you're faced with a challenge and if you have an issue, you know, it's important to talk about things um, when things are calm before you're in those pressured situations so you can react calmly and hopefully find the right answer to the situation. I, I think that is such a great point, Dr. Martinez, as to a lot of people don't think about being put in a any kind of an ethical dilemma, but it really happens almost on a day-to-day basis on, within, in some areas of the country where 
uh, trainers may ask you to do something you're not comfortable with or an owner asks you to put down a horse that you feel medically could be saved or I mean there's so many other you know billing of one client one way and one client a different way how you deal with people in your practice I mean what do you think are some of the issues that the industry needs to address I think a lot of those you talk, you, you touched on a bunch of them and I think the you know the main ones kind of most most uh, for most of the forefront and most public nowadays are you know um, treatments and stuff at the tracks that you know give performance advantages or could possibly influence the outcome of races. Um, there's several recent big ones of note, but I think you know just those those things, those questions, those scenarios that may not only they compromise your ethics, but they may compromise the health and the care of a of a horse and. As a group, as an industry, we need to keep we need to be doing everything the best we can to maintain a positive image to our our public, to our clients, um, so that we can keep our industry going and we can you know keep our profession you know relevant and lively. And we have to um, address those situations and educate our membership on those situations beforehand. So um, hopefully, they don't get put in too many uncomfortable situations. Well, and we, we want to make sure that racing is not the only place that this happens. Uh, every type of sport horse veterinarian has told me stories about things that have made them uncomfortable that either clients have asked or situations they have come up on. Yeah, and I think, you know, in the sport horse industry and in the, the show jumping industry, I think a lot of the main conflicts in those situations involve, you know, pre-purchase exams when people are trying to um, sell a horse and they want to do their due diligence and have their horse vetted. And uh, they want to ask the veterinarian that they know and trust to uh, do the examination. And there's a lot of information and a lot of things that go into those decisions. And sometimes uh, the veterinarians can be pressured by the parties on both sides of the equation to, you know, potentially maybe not describe things one way or the other. Um, and those are just difficult situations that, you know, look, fortunately for me, I don't do a lot of show horse pre-purchase exams, but I know it's uh, definitely a stressful situation for our doctors that do. Yeah. And I think the uh, AVMA PLIT recommends that veterinarians don't represent both the buyer and the seller, but occasionally you find yourself in that situation. So, I mean, that, that will happen, but that can be a very tenuous situation. Yeah, I think, you know, and a lot of that, a lot of veterinarians kind of work in different areas and they have multiple clients and they're, those clients are both in the sport and they may be trying to buy a horse from one another and you're their vet. And so you may get asked. And I think, you know, it's, it's good to be upfront about your relationships with both sides of the equation. And it, you know, at times, you know, you have to, might be best to refer or punt that scenario, that case to a colleague, you know, that you're not affiliated with or outside of your your doctor group just to um, just to, you know, do the horses right, do the clients right and make uh, make the outcome a good outcome. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit keeps equine veterinarians at the heart of care by providing horse owners with simple, budget-friendly financing options. By bridging the gap between cost and care, Care Credit supports healthy financial relationships between veterinarians and their clients. It can help them move forward with care a horse needs whenever and wherever it's needed. It's really interesting to me that you are 
overseeing Haggard's intern and extern student programs. And there's a lot of uh, questions coming from the next generations about how the current ethics and equine veterinary practice are playing out. What are you hearing from these younger veterinarians and veterinarians to come? What are their concerns? I think their concerns are being ready and prepared for the situations and knowing what to do and knowing who to go to. Hopefully that's a mentor or uh, an HR department kind of manager at their at their clinic. I think, you know, they want it. They want everybody else in the, in the in the industry in our business to be ethical practitioners as well, because that shines a good light on them and it makes their life easier. They don't have to answer questions from their family members who may tune into one or two races a year and ask you, hey, you know, what about this guy or what happened in that race? What's the big hubbub? You know, how could that vet do that? You're a vet too. Um, I think the young practitioners are. They're concerned about the public perception of their sport, of course, but they, you know, they want to be prepared and ready for um, what they should do and what resources they have if they need to seek help on ethical issues. And those are some really good points. And what do you think that you would recommend if a young veterinarian came up and had a, a concern, whether it was a real or perceived ethical dilemma? What are the steps you would recommend that young veterinarians take? Um, I would I'd recommend them to talk to their mentors or their senior clinicians at their at their practice that may have already had some dealings with the client. They may be aware of some backstory and some history that goes along with it. They may have been in the same position themselves um, and could give some advice. And they would also hopefully be aware of the other um, ethical resources that the AEP provides to their membership. Um, and I think that's, I mean, that's where I would start. And I would expect, you know, those, those colleagues, those mentors to support and back, you know, that young doctor, if they have to say, if they're driven or their value system draws them to say, you know, I can't do that. That's, you know, not within my, my ethical moral compass. I don't want to do that. You know, that, you know, regardless of, the impact that it would have on the, the practice's bottom line, that they would be supported by those senior clinicians. And that, that you know, that might be a good opportunity to have a conversation with the, the client and that senior doctor about the situation. And it may be just a point of educating the client or the manager, maybe that they're dealing with about why procedure X, Y, and Z is a bad idea or why, um, we shouldn't do one thing and maybe there's another alternative that you know they just weren't aware of didn't think of um and go from there but i would expect i would kind of recommend you know talk to your mentors talk to your senior clinicians talk to your maybe it's your new and out of school maybe it's your mentor your advisor back in vet school um and say you know i got this situation i don't know what to do you know what do you recommend and that you know that hopefully the years of experience of that senior clinician can guide them to the right answer or resource or, you know, to the, you know, at least a good start is always the AEP website with the ethics and um, the different ethical resources that they have there on the page. It's pretty easy to find. Okay. And we'll make sure and put a link to that. And if you go to the uh, equimanagement.com article that will go along with this podcast, we'll make sure to link the, the section that uh, Dr. Martinez talked about on the AEP website. So it'll be easy to find if you need to. So I guess the other thing is that I would like to talk about is within a clinic, because we've mostly been talking about clients and pre-purchase and things outside the clinic. 
What if someone feels that there is an ethical dilemma within a clinic? Is there a good way to handle that? Yeah, that can be challenging, and that might depend on the size and the resources and uh, maybe the the model structure of that clinic. Um, I would I would kind of recommend too to the the clinics out there and the people that are working on you know the onboarding pro- programs for new doctors is to kind of talk about ethics at the beginning and talk about the resources that that hospital or that practice has available. Um, hopefully they don't need to use them, but it's good to talk about them. Like I said, when there's not a stressful situation. Um, and then, so if there's a, a clinical ethical issue or a interdoctor issue um, going on, I would, if there's an HR department or an HR manager, I'd start with them to kind of use them as a somewhat neutral person to kind of discuss the situation situation with. If there's a uh, hopefully a senior clinic owner that is not involved in what's going on that I would I would be it sounds like it'd be one of those situations where I'd go right to the top and and explain the situation and again I'd hope that's the place where that senior doctor or owner would be the the right mentor for that situation to listen um, uh, objectively and take all the information in and then somewhat hopefully, you know, relieve that, that uh, doctor from the issue and then go and do some investigating of their own to find out uh, what the situation is and, you know, what the right uh, resolution is. So, like I said, you know, make it part of your early discussions with your onboarding programs for new doctors, interns, new grads, associates, whomever, um, point out the resources that you have available on site. Hopefully that's an AR director or uh, practice manager even. And then, you know, there's the AEP Committee on Ethics. They've got some great members, great leaders there for some advice. Um, you, you can put my email on the podcast and you can give me a call and I'd be glad to help or glad to offer and here to listen and hopefully guide them in the right direction. And I've, uh, a couple of times the situations I've heard about, it's been more of a, it turns out to be a miscommunication rather than an actual ethical issue. And so I'm glad you talked about going and getting it, talk, talking about it right away. Don't let it stew. Go take it, address it with the proper people at the practice, or if not possible, with a mentor or someone else. Because sometimes situations can be taken out of context. And so you want to make sure that, is this really an ethical situation or is it something that's just a poor communication situation? Right. Hopefully in that, you know, that discussion, you can you can both kind of look at it from everybody's point of view and make sure you're seeing the situation right. Like you said, make sure that it's really an ethical issue. And if it is, um, hopefully that senior leader mentor at the practice can can help get it resolved um, in whatever situation that might be. There's a lot of scenarios we could talk about, but I think, you know, that's those are the basic premises is talk to the talk to the main people at the practice and and go from there make sure you understand the issue make make sure it's really an issue um and you know not to be afraid to speak up when your your ethics and your personal values are challenged because it might not be just you it may be something that's been going on and there's others um so that's what i would do i would start up the top with the manager or with an hr kind of manager or department head or practice manager and talk it out and make sure that it's an issue 
Okay. Is there anything else that while you've been making presentations at AP or working uh, with some of these young veterinarians that you would also like to talk about as far as veterinary ethics today? I just I think it's you know I think it's really important to just talk about it with your teams um, before there's an issue before there's a before there's a case you know talk about it so everybody knows um, like I said what resources are available and where they should go and it's an important just an important part of that culture because it builds um, positive goodwill within the practice within the community um, and I, I just can't say that enough and that those are great points. So, well, thank you, Dr. Martinez, for joining us today for the Business of Practice podcast. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Care Credit, for letting us have these discussions. And we invite our listeners to visit equimanagement.com to listen to every episode, or you can go to your favorite podcast network. And if you have any questions or suggestions, you can send an email to me at kbrown, that's the letter kbrown, at equinenetwork.com. The Business of Practice podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network, LLC. Mm -hmm.